jobless claims in the United States fall, whilst in Australia things seem to be going the other way with a fall in jobs in yesterday's numbers. But it's the trend that counts. Uh, We'll look at that today. And peace in the Middle East? Well, maybe a step towards it. At least someone's got an idea. It's Friday, the 19th of January, 2024. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, quite big moves in oil this morning. It's moved up. WTI is up 2.1%, over 74 a barrel now. Brent has climbed 1.5%, pushing over 79. On the bond markets, 10-year Treasury yields are up four basis points, up to 4.14%, up three basis points for German 10-year bonds. But 10-year gilts in the UK falling five basis points. Aussie 10 years, meanwhile, up to 4.26% yesterday. Add another six basis points on top of that on futures overnight. A small move up in the US dollar. The Aussie is up a quarter percent, almost to 65.7 US cents. The pound up 0.2%. The euro down 0.1%. And US equities, well, the Dow finished up half a percent, 0.9% higher for the S&P at close and 1.3% for the Nasdaq, but a bit of a race to the finish line. Some of those were in the red earlier in the session. Uh, Apple wins the prize for the uh, biggest gain, up 3.3%. Meta is up 2.1%. NVIDIA almost as much. Google one5 percent today a real tech driven rally in other words and european shares are up as well 1.1 percent for the euro stocks 50 a small move up for the FTSE 100 and it's gavin friend this morning in london so gavin the story from the us this week obviously has been strong data no need to cut rates in a hurry that was reinforced i think by the beige book yesterday but uh, i wonder you know the fed doesn't want to cut rates in a hurry because the market is optimistic the beige book seems to be saying the market is optimistic because they expect rate cuts to, to, to kick in sometime soon. So there's a bit of a circular argument. So <laughs> where do you sense the markets are right now in all of this? Yeah, good morning to you, Phil. Um, I think markets are, you know, as we've seen in the last sort of two weeks, pulling back on the excitement of rate cuts to come this year. We've seen not much trimming in the in the absolute size of rate cuts. It's more like the timing. When will they start? And so we're pushing back on that. Um, certainly, there's going to be nothing uh, in the first couple of meetings of the year. That March meeting seems to be pushed back. You wouldn't be surprised to see the market go into that meeting 50-50, you know, 12, 15 basis points. That's roughly where we are. Um, and, you know, t- to that point, what's driving this is, you know, markets potentially got a little bit ahead of themselves. I guess we know that they were being driven by the excitement of lower inflation that we were seeing, not only in the US, but in the UK and in uh, in the Eurozone, that disinflation process. That's kind of stalled a little bit. I think to, to us, that was pretty clear that it would do that anyway, in terms of if you look to some of the base effects that have gone slightly into reverse uh, you know, in the last month or so, and p- probably will continue to go into reverse in the next print that we get for January. But then after that, certainly in the UK and the US, there's some reasonably chunky um, base effects to come back off of inflation, which which suggests headline inflation will be coming back down towards 2%, if not below 2%. In the US, it's a little less clear because we had that spike in the CPI. But of course, the market is increasingly now turning its you know focus onto the core PCE that we'll get at the end of next week. And you know the tantalizing prospect that that drops below 3% on an annualized basis is all running, already running at sort of 1.92% six months annualized and if we could get a you know a 0.2 print or something let's say a 0.1 um as some of the other data like the ppi 
had suggested, um, then 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 the markets will move on that again. But for the moment, we get this kind of push me pull you, don't we? Of you know, good news there, but then we get strong data like we saw in the retail sales on Wednesday. Thursday, to your today. point. Yeah. Yes, today. It's. I mean, they're not. It's not. It's not tier one data, other than, you know, jobless claims, which has fallen below two hundred thousand for the first time in sixteen months. Now we should caution in overinterpreting one week's numbers um, at any at any yeah, stage, let alone over the over the turn of the year. That's right. I mean, it could have been. It could have been weather affected. We did have some very awful, you know, weather, um, and that weather. In parts of the country, that bad weather, the heavy snow continues. So, and the Philly Fed. I mean, that's another bit of second second tier data. I mean, that's coming at minus ten point six, which is better than minus twelve point eight last time, but worse than the minus seven that was expected, with a big fall in existing business conditions. So, uh, I mean, and there's a definite sign of a slowdown in this data because new uh, new orders fell, the employment index is down, even though those jobless claims were telling a different picture, but prices paid coming lower as well. So, I mean, it's not Goldilocks, um, but it's um you know in terms of inflation signs it's not a bad report no we're getting mixed data aren't we on these uh the the early uh regional fed indices remember the new york empire was exceptionally weak although that is not derived from the, the sum of its parts uh, it is on one basic question and it's difficult to argue or it's difficult to to find out why that was so weak on the Philly fed i mean that if you if you, if you take a step back it's broadly flat and it has been broadly flat since the autumn of last year. I take your point. It's encouraging. Again, you know, prices paid are lower, but then there was a decline. It looks like they're having a difficulty getting stuff out the door. Shipments and orders and things are being delayed. Not quite sure why that would be the case. Um, but we need to see more evidence from other from the other regional Fed indices, and then of course the IS, the ISM. Yeah. In the meantime, we listen to what you know Fed speakers are saying. So Bostick this morning saying the third quarter for rate cuts. Um, this is says that he's you know he's basically saying this is earlier than he'd uh, previously indicated because there's been unexpected progress on inflation and economic activity. So I mean everyone's got a different timeline, but everyone's pointing in the same direction. Obviously. Yeah, they are. Um, to your point, he is. Uh, this is a quarter earlier. You know, he said he expects the Fed to start cutting rates then, as long as the economy, uh, the economic conditions, you know, hold steady. Um, his colleague, uh, Philadelphia President Fed President uh, Patrick Harker, who's a non-voter this year, so you know, uh, he sounded uh, more confident. I thought, I thought in inflation, you know, coming down slowly but surely, labour market tightness is easing. Um, again, it comes to that point, doesn't it? You know, in terms of do we need, if we if we get some good progress on core PCE at the end of next week, you know, you, one can imagine that people like uh, Waller and Powell, um, who've been pushing, you know, looking at that view, looking at the six months annualised view. Don't don't forget, we've got to remember about the revisions. Uh, to uh, some of the data that's coming up as well, uh, the, the CPI data. So that that may well have a bearing as well. But it, it potentially, you know, despite the strong growth data we're getting, if we get some good progress on inflation, the question the Fed is going to be asked is is do they need to be do they need to have policy settings as tight as they are? Um, they don't they don't seem to be in the same place as perhaps the ECB and the Bank of England that wants 
more evidence to see the you know the to actually see evidence that they can actually get to that two percent target you know it's and, it's, and was that the flavor of the ecb minutes because we had those out for the december meeting didn't we did uh you know with any gems coming out of that no i mean it, it did look like they airbrushed the minutes a little bit i mean um because <laughs> the or, or airbrushed the you know the comments from the from the press conference on the day a little bit pushing but there, were, there was a quite a pushback in the minutes on market pricing that that really wasn't there on the uh, you know at the time we heard from Lagarde at the press conference, um, she you know back back then she didn't want to talk about interest rate cuts. I mean that was clear, um, but uh, there wasn't a real pushback as there has been you know consistently in the last couple of weeks from ECB speakers on this. So that was clear and consistent with that messaging. So the so the ECB will be going into their quiet period uh, any day now. Uh, ahead of next week's meeting, um, you know, it's it's clearly too early to expect anything. I, I imagine what we're going to get from the ECB next week is something along the lines of markets are overpricing, but uh, commensurate with Christine Lagarde, ECB president's comments from Davos this week, the rate cuts could, could begin in the summer. That was perhaps more open than some of her colleagues. The summer... You know, I know some of them have talked about September, but the summer could feasibly be, be June or July. Um, and so that keeps that alive for the market. You know, we're sticking with our view of a cut in April. The market is 20 basis points priced by then uh, and yet has 50 basis points, yeah, uh, more or less priced by the following meeting in June. So to us, the way this is going to fall is we're going to wait for this, as I said, slightly higher inflation number in January. And then the... Um, base effects kick in and we get some really big drops February, March, April, May. And so into that March meeting, you can see potentially the ECB with a new set of forecasts then because we don't get new forecasts next week, paving the way for cuts in April or June. You know, yeah. So, but certainly, it's the middle of the year. It's all happening, isn't it? Uh, in uh, well, it's Q two. It's Q yeah. two, so it doesn't have to be. You know, mm. as, as late as June. Yeah. Now, Aussie employment yesterday quite an unexpected change, wasn't it? Down sixty five thousand jobs in December. Actually, if you look at the full time jobs, they were down one hundred and six thousand. So, uh, quite a big change from an increase of seventy two point six thousand in November. Of course, take those two months together and average it out. It doesn't sound quite so drastic. And I guess that is the point, isn't it? It's uh, it's the trend that we're looking. It, it is. It is. There were. I mean, they were two very chunky uh, employment gains in October and November, as you say, and an upward revision to that uh, that November number as well. Um, so, uh, and I think we know, don't we, that it's noisy month to month. Um, unemployment, um, to your point, is was unchanged at three point nine percent. The data are in line with the RBA most recent statement of monetary policy. The forecast for Q four for unemployment at three point eight. But I think. You know, it is true. Labour market, you know, tightness is is easing. Um, you know, the uh, trend employment rate of uh, what nineteen thousand or so—that's um, where it's running at the moment. That's below the thirty-one thousand that's needed to, you know, stop uh, unemployment from rising. So, you know, if sustained, it does suggest that uh, unemployment will push up, and indeed, that's in line with the RBA's forecasts of, of a move up to 4.2. So, 
that seems to be coming, but it's it's a slow burner. So oil's up quite a bit today. I mean, there's a drawdown in inventories in the United States last week for, with the numbers from the IEA out this morning. And the IEA also has upgraded its energy forecast for this year as well, they say, because of improving global economic growth. Uh, but also uh, reports today in the FT that, uh, you know, maybe there's some progress being made to an end to the Israel-Hamas war. Imagine that, peace in the Middle East. Fancy that. So uh, they reckon a deal that would see a formalised Palestinian state with full membership of the UN in return, Saudi Arabia formalising ties with Israel, uh, all dependent on the return of the hostages, of course. I mean, it, um, this is, it sounds like this is being driven by the Saudis and Anthony Blinken, the US Secretary of State, Israel has to agree to it, of course, but uh, you know, at least we're seeing some progress. Well, it's not for tr- for Trump for want to try, and is it? I mean, Blinken has made so many trips, and I think it's been clear from all sides uh, that nobody wants this to escalate. Everybody's trying very hard to try and you know nut this thing out. It, it looks like it's going to take a bit more time, um, but you know, for all prices. Um, I think for us at the moment, it's still a demand. You know, when the economy is facing into the sort of slowdown that we're thinking, you know, that follows 500 basis points of monetary tightening just about in every major economy, um, as we've seen with oil and energy prices, they're just unable to uh, hold the spikes or the gains that we see. Um, and uh, I think that continues to be the yeah. case. So today might be a one-off. We'll see. But look, <clears> coming up, uh, retail sales for the UK and Canada. We get Japan's inflation rate, the New Zealand manufacturing PMI, another regional survey, the Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, including, of course, the uh, the inflation expectations. That's pretty much it for today, I think. Yeah, I think that Michigan survey will be, be, will be quite important. But I think people are, as I say, uh, turning their attentions now to next week, which is quite a big week, you know, uh, with, uh, say, the core PCE, with the ECB meeting and a few other. Uh, we've got the ECB uh, quarterly lending survey, which is, uh, you know, gives us a, a nice view of what's going on in terms of lending credit standards and demand for loans, you know, for, for house purchases, for businesses and consumer credit and those kinds of things. And that's an important feeding, I think, into the ECBs. Yeah. How, how, how hard have they been hit? Week. Absolutely, yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. to see. Well, they, they, they have been hit very hard. It, it's, not, it's not a new story. I think the one we're looking for is to the extent that there's any kind of easing up on those credit, you know, those, those, those lending standards and any kind of perhaps uptick, modest as it may be, in in demand for, for loans commensurate with an economy that's not really, you know, getting any better, but it's not getting any worse. And households' balance sheets will be feeling a little bit easier given lower energy prices and higher real incomes. All right. We'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Gavin. Happy New Year, belatedly, and uh, we'll catch you again very soon. Thanks. And to you, Phil. Cheers. Thanks. And later on today, the first weekend edition of 2024. Now the US regulator has approved ETFs for Bitcoin. Does that mean cryptocurrencies have come of age? Bitcoin, in some respects, is quite a mature asset class. And I think people know that it is extremely volatile and very risky. That has that information has been disseminated widely. Um, maybe there are some people out there who still don't quite understand just how risky it is. Um, but I think maybe it's more likely to be people who say, well, if I get in, I can always get out because actually it's a lot easier to get out of an ETF. UK economist and writer Francis Gobbler joins me on the weekend edition out this afternoon. Will ETF trading in Bitcoin make it a more stable environment if stability is actually what people want from cryptocurrencies? That's this weekend. Join me for that. And of course, back on Monday morning as well. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Thanks for listening today. 